Well, hello there. It's another day special. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. Special because we were sitting there talking about the what-ifs and wherefores and whys. And we're going, wait a minute, this is actually kind of important stuff because it's probably things you've thought about and wondered about. So we thought we would just, you know, throw some of our thoughts your way. Right. And see what you think. Do a bonus show. This is going to be about speculation. What ifs. A lot of what ifs in this show. Not a lot of audio. Just a lot no. of two guys talking about where we are and what happens if. And it's kind of scary. It's kind of scary. We're sitting here talking about some things off off the air, and and we're just kind of amazed at where we have come to in our society. Under the last administration, we had prosperity. We had peace. We had mm-hmm. a certain comfort that we don't have right now. Yeah, you got to wonder why they're letting things collapse the way they have. We talked about in the last podcast, we talked about the diesel crisis and everything. Uh, we talked about the election coming up and how uh, the Democrats feel that they got to win it because that's how they maintain power. And they very well could lose it, but they don't want to give it up. So there is a chance that they're going to do anything that they can pull out from their toolbox Mm -hmm. to keep power. And that would mean, okay, we didn't steal it. We're going to accuse you of stealing it. We're going to freeze everything and take everything over. But then what does that do? Because down in Brazil, well, you got people taking to the streets and marching going, we didn't vote for this. Yeah. And if you do that, you know, what are they going to do? Are they going to shut off the internet? We know that with the diesel crisis, we're going to have a cold winter. Bill and I were talking about what happens. We do our show from two separate studios. Right. What happens if they shut down the Internet? What happens if they shut down telephone systems so the the communications uh, are completely off? We'll be in the dark, essentially. Well, if if what happens with diesel, they say, is going to happen, Things will slowly start turning off your cell phones because everything uses diesel in some way, shape, form, or fashion. Yeah. To we are a country, if you want to know what the lifeblood is, it is petrol. It's diesel. Right. And without it, we cannot exist. Forget about the electric car. It needs diesel. Trains use diesel. Think of how many cars some of these diesel engines pull. Just one train might have 70, 80 cars on it. Mighty locomotive there, but it uses diesel. You can't do it with gas. You can't do it with electric. Right. You have to have diesel, planes, diesel with their jet fuel. Everything that they you may need. Say, they may say, well, wait a second. It's more like kerosene, isn't it? Isn't Airplane fuel more. It is a little more, but they're all kind of related. Not only that, but in order for you to have that jet fuel, you need the diesel fuel truck to deliver the jet fuel to the plane. So yeah. they're all, they all work together. Yeah. But, you're going, well, I've, I got a cabinet full of ramen noodles. Well, if you got it, that's great, but you got to have the water, the pumps and everything to get to you. Uh, no filter, everything that you can conceive, you're going, well, uh, 
as long as I have water, ramen noodles, I can build a fire, and uh, I just need toilet paper. Well, you better start picking the leaves off the tree because they're not hey, going to be able to truck in the toilet paper. They're not going to run the mills to make the toilet paper. I heard a very intelligent survivalist on a very respected uh, cable TV show yesterday say, start talking about what happens if we're in the vicinity of a nuclear blast. Think about that for a second. I was watching a talk, a talk show, and one of the guests is talking about what happens if you are in the vicinity of a nuclear blast. They said, well, if it's in the daytime, as soon as you hear the explosion, get down on the ground, put your eyes to the ground, close your eyes, don't look at the blast if you're within a 13-mile radius of the blast. If, if at nighttime, they said, if you're within a 50-mile radius of the blast, don't look at it. Also, mm -hmm. they said, uh, as soon as the blast happens, go to an area where uh, you can shelter yourself, like underground and away from fallout, because, and stay there. Be prepared to stay there as long as two weeks, okay? Because you don't want the fallout getting on your body no and, you don't and apparently yeah. after two weeks most of the fallout is either gone you know done or it's blown into another area and it's away from you right you know i i think i told you the story about the uh the uh, there was a song uh hiroshima they did uh right one wish and the, the story of sadako and all of that where the bomb dropped in Hiroshima. Nobody thought that we were that this low-flying plane. Right. That we had anything, and we dropped that bomb, and it was terrible. She was pretty much close to the blast with her mother, and they ran through the soot and the crap and the river and everything, and they survived. And she grew up, and she was a healthy girl, and she was smart in school, and she was an athlete, but at 13, somewhere around that age, she came down with the cancer. And the story of One Wish is the, the legend of the crane. It's symbolic. And somebody, when she was in her deathbed, and she had a friend that helped, sat there and said, oh, you know what? If you fold a thousand cranes, the legend, you will get a wish, whatever it is. So she said, I'll do that. Are you talking about paper? When Bill Little says paper crane, cranes. Yeah, you're talking about the bird. Yeah, the bird. Yeah, so right. that's a symbolic thing to them. And she was folding birds, and I forget the exact number. Didn't make it to a thousand. Got up to like nine hundred and sixty-nine or something like that. Yeah. And she died. And her friend helped her, you know, to make these cranes. And that was her answer. And it's just a sad story. But the point is, is that soot doesn't always have an immediate effect. It can have a delayed effect. Yeah. Um. And you know it's it's it was a heart touching. And story, by the I way, think. that little girl, I think if it's the same girl that you're talking about, uh, it, she was in a classic photo, I believe, as as a baby. I'm talking about when she was yeah. like a, I think she was like a year old. And you see a lot of her her clothes has been blown blown off, and she and and she's kind of like sitting there after the blast, looking like what just happened. And, but she, she was had alive. no idea. You know, my brother who was in the Navy, you know, when he went to Hiroshima, they rebuilt and everything like that. But what can an atomic bomb do? Uh, we're kind of drifting around here. But let's say that you're walking along and the sun is, oh, I don't know, over your left shoulder and you're casting a shadow on a brick wall. Right. All right. 
it's like a photo. You will be eviscerated, but your shadow yes. will forever be enshrined on that brick wall. That's true. That's very true. Think about that. You know, you people know, so, were people were going about their lives. Now, mind you, I I understand why they did it. You have to understand, and this is historical. You have to understand that World War II had ended in Europe, but World War II in Japan hadn't ended, and a lot of those soldiers, I mean tens of thousands of American soldiers who were in Europe, were making plans to be transferred to the Pacific Theater, as they call mm-hmm. it. And they thought that they were going to have to invade Japan. And the guesstimate, the best guesstimate of the time of people who survived, they they expected to lose 8 million soldiers. Americans, mm-hmm. 8 million soldiers invading Japan because Japan would never go down easy. It's their homeland. Never. So... Yeah. so uh, Truman had a, an option, that option being to drop the bomb and see what happened. Maybe that would scare It was a Hail Mary. And do you know they dropped the first bomb on Hiroshima, and it didn't stop them from fighting the war. No. They had to drop another one on Nagasaki, which you never because hear. they didn't believe it, and their leaders didn't believe it. Right. And the people believed their trusted their leaders. Think about that. Do you trust your leaders now? They're telling you a lot of things that have happened that, aren't so they're telling you everything is good these high gas prices it is because of the the energy companies uh the gas producers and but you know and then joe's going oh you got to crank it back up well we shut it down in the united states and you force them to lose money and then you come begging to them to crank it back up they can't just flip a switch like that it doesn't work that way we have impending doom and we have, I can imagine, I can only imagine that in Hiroshima, seeing the people that were walking and maybe the tumors that were forming yeah. and the disfiguration, yeah. it was like being in a zombie apocalypse movie. Had to be terrible. Had to be you terrible. Know, Some people it, didn't die immediately. They had their skin blown off and they were walking mm-hmm. around, basically walking skeletons. And you're a mother, and you've got to fend for your child. You need food. You need water. You need necessities. What will you do to help your child? What will a man do to help their child? Will you loot? Will you steal? Will you take? People might say, yours? well, what about municipal resources? There are none. There are none. At, yeah, least, at, least, at least at the initial phase, there's no emergency services running out to a uh, to, to help you. I mean, there's no ambulances. There's no rescue trucks. You're on your own because they've yeah, been blown. Are. They've been blown off the face of the earth too. Now, and, and if you think we're being ridiculous and crazy about this, you have to stop for a second and remember that right now, as we do this podcast, there's talk in Russia about using limited nuclear bombs. They're not saying where, by the way. They're, we're assuming they're talking about using them in the Ukraine. But does it stop in the Ukraine? Does it well, go- let's back this bus up because, you know, you, the United States, we think that everybody loves us. Yet, you know, and, and Joe and Obama tried to just drop off money and buy favor. You cannot buy friendship. You have to earn it. That's a trust that's earned. 
but we're not liked by Russia. We've screwed them over so many times. China doesn't like us. Kim Jong-un doesn't like us. As a matter of fact, he's threatening us. And when you are backed against the wall with no choices, look at us. World War II, yeah. well, do we want to lose 8 million guys? We're going to take a chance with that bomb. Yeah, let's take a chance with that bomb. That's exactly What do we right. got to lose? It's a Hail Mary. So we can do it, but they can't do it? No, they can do it. They can do it. And I think that our administration, this current administration, knows this. And I think that they have uh, already determined that this is an acceptable loss. Because they're safe. Yes. They in Washington, are safe. But, you know, swinging back around, keep the nuclear option there because this is all part of it. There's a lot of things in play. We're about to run out of, well, we don't produce gas anymore. We're dependent. Um, and Europe is dependent. Russia's got gas. Might not be the best, but they got it. China's got gas. We don't have gas. Canada doesn't have gas. The U.K. doesn't have gas. Europe, Germany, hey, everybody doesn't have gas. And we don't have a reserve of gas anymore no, now, No, we too. gave it away for favor with or to China, who now says we're going to build up our military, we're going to be the strongest force, and we are going to be the economic center by 2025. Friends, if you do your math, that's just a hair over two years we are in for a bad surprise, but now you got the you know you still got the railroad strike that might happen. But forget about the strike; it, it, well, it, the railroad strike will mean nothing if we have no diesel. Exactly, and we're less than maybe fifteen, ten days of diesel. Yeah, we're not producing. We can't get it any, any from anywhere because Joe shut it down. He knows this. He's buying time with the elections because he knows this. Now, you won't have the water to flush your toilet, water out of your sink, your tap water. The groceries won't be on the shelves. The stores will be locked and shut because once their goods are gone, they're gone. And when people realize that the food supply is over, they're going to the break into the supermarket alongside of the road. They're going to storm the stores and take everything exactly that they right. can. It's survival of the fittest. Yep. These trunkers will be driving down the road going, man, I hope I make it to Boise because I can get some diesel, well, drop they said, off my load, and get home. They said first thing that you're going to have to do is make sure you have clean water somewhere because you're not going to be able to, like Bill said, use a lot of your traditional water supplies. They'll be contaminated. Right. You, so if you have bottles of water right now, try to put them in some place that's protected and away from... The outside, uh, maybe if you have uh, a place in your gar garage or your basement, maybe in a, a corner in the basement, and maybe put some uh, some kind of uh, material over it that might shelter it from being poisoned. You've got to be able to cook. You're not if you can't do it with electricity, and there's no fuel. There's probably not going to be propane. So don't be thinking, oh, I'll get a propane a gas stove. Uh, you're going to have to get something like briquettes while they're there. You're going to have to have a way to light them up. And then you're going to have to think about how often you do it. Maybe get some, gather some sticks and stuff, have kettling hey, for outside. forget flushing your toilet. You're not going to want to use the water to flush anything because that water will be so valuable that, that to flush it down the toilet will be a waste. So what will happen 
is you'll be using the outside uh, some discreet place somewhere. You'll build a, you'll a, dig a hole. You'll have a latrine somewhere, and you'll do your duty out there, and maybe you'll bury it because you're a good citizen, and that's how you'll live. Because you'll need the water. You'll every single ounce of water will mean something to you. Yeah, but how long can you survive this way? Uh, you know, do you have a pantry full of? It's not exactly good for you, but it's filling whatever ramen noodles, the college diet. Uh, what do you have? You have to have packaged stuff that you can take out and boil in water, or find a way, to, or maybe hey, you make no. something that has a shelf life away for something. You got to have something. If you are used to having three meals and snacks a day, forget it. Forget it. You might be down to one meal. It might That one meal might be a, a can of vegetables because you don't want to burn through everything up front. You're going to pace your food. Canned goods, yeah, you're going to want to stock up on that. But you know, here's the other thing, though. You're stocked up. You got everything. You're a smart person. You've got a cabinet down in the basement. two of them, as a matter of fact, yep. full of canned goods and all these things that you can survive for two, three months. Well, you know, the person that didn't plan, that maybe didn't get the news, I'm hungry. But he has My a 357 Magnum fully loaded in his house. Then what happens? Well, then you're shooting somebody and you're taking a life because a dead body doesn't come back to haunt you. Uh, I, no, but I'm saying that guy who hasn't got food but has a weapon. He does gonna, have the 357. He's he coming after you. And he takes you hostage, and he takes everything that you got. You know, and morals go by the wayside. Yeah, it's gone. The trucker trying to get home that we talked about in Boise. Going to get rid of my load. I'm going to go to the Triple J, get some last minute fuel, get on the road. These trucks, these cabs, are kind of like the old caboose. On a train, it was it was your your office. You had all your paperwork. You had cash in there. You had your credit cards. You had something. So you know there are going to be people that are will be running trucks off the road to loot hey. the trucks, steal the diesel, take everything he's got inside, and a, bump off the trucker. A trip that I used to make on a regular basis across Pennsylvania, up into New England. I could do it when I was younger in a day. Nowadays, I take a break halfway through, but it's a casual, nice trip. Mm -hmm. Will take weeks. If if you can make it at all, it will take weeks to get there. You'll have a hard time finding fuel. You'll have people who will be trying to steal your cars and your stuff along the way. It will be a dangerous, threatening trip. Things yeah, that you and your take electric car, nowhere to charge it. You're screwed. It's amazing. It's Get a, a bicycle. Someone will rob you for your bicycle. We we sit here and we think of these possibilities, and uh, it's chilling. It's chilling to think of where where we are now and what might happen. And you know, we well, talked we talked about in our show recently uh, about the possibility of the current administration stealing the midterm elections. Mm -hmm. And if that happens, is that the beginning of the process we're talking about now? Well, look at Brazil. They they had the election, and people knew that this guy that is a felon that was in, wasn't in office, the guy that lost, was loved by the people. But some strange Bolsonaro. thing happened. Where, yeah, Bolsonaro. Yeah, he, yeah. He, he lost, yep. and he shouldn't have lost. He shouldn't have lost the thing, but he lost. 
And so the crook comes back in. Yeah, here I am. And everyone's going, no, 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 yeah. no. We Did didn't vote, vote for him. You. No, you didn't either. <laughs> yeah. I didn't vote. Did you vote for him? No. Right. Who hey. the hell voted for him? Nobody. What they're finding out is a lot of people who were traditional other side people, meaning leftists. I'm talking about moderate leftists, you know, in mm -hmm. Brazil. They didn't vote for this guy either. Because, you know, this guy was convicted in 2017 of, of uh, I guess it was, was it, uh, he was using it for influence and, and getting money from the position. And he went to jail. And Well, uh, doesn't that sound like Joe Biden using his position, Hunter selling his dad's position to get favor in the Ukraine and with Russia? We had, a guy, we had a guy. We had a guy speak to us the other night from Union Station, in right. uh, in uh, D.C. That's Biden, and he was lecturing us on morality and decency and democracy. This is the guy, by the way, who was showering with his daughter. Daughter. Yeah, and he's talking to us about decency. He has a son who is uh, has got issues. Hunter, at the very least, has got issues, but he's also been used by his dad. His son, would you send your son to a foreign country to be the point man for influence peddling? I, no, I would I would not, you know, but I, I Joe's a pedophile. He is. You know, let's face it. I mean, everybody's seen the picture. He's sniffing hair, the little girls, whatever, and his daughter uh, in the shower. He has no. Now, here's a guy, you know, a woman has certain rights. Fundamental rights. Yeah, he digitized women in the White House, grabbing, well, I heard you wanted me. You know, now you heard it in the, you know, the, the cobwebs of your mind, Joe. I cannot no think respect of, for women. I cannot think of the name of the woman, but she was an aide to Biden. Mm -hmm. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. She was an aide to Biden, and she came out and said he assaulted me sexually. He digitized me. Uh, she he did all these things, and you know the media came down on her like she was the villain, not the victim. Mm -hmm. Now, if it was if it was a uh, if she had been a liberal, you know, if she had stayed by the party line, if it were Trump that she was going after, they'd still be talking about it. But because they were talking about a a leftist liberal lunatic, well, that we can't have anything. We she ha we have to minimize her. We have yeah, to marginalize her. Political class in uh, you know uh, envy. There's there. It's what's good for them is not good for us. You know, and they're better than us. It's class envy. That's all there is to it. And they want to have their way, and we have to accept it. Yeah, that's isn't that the isn't that what uh, Joe says? Are you willing to accept? The election results. Oh, we won't have them that night. We'll have to yeah. go and take these ballots. We'll go off and count them, and when we come back, we'll give you the results. You will accept them, right? Did you hear what I just said? We will take these ballots. We'll go off and count. A lot them. of people say they want us. A lot of people say that the there's an element in our country that wants us to go to civil war. I don't go know that they want it. Now, if it's the I, element, it would be the Joe because. He's already oh, taken right. No, the it's right. The, it's the left that wants the civil war, not the right. Yeah, because what they're doing right now, if you don't vote Democrat, and you know the, you're going, well, how are they going to know? Well, they don't have to know anything. 
if it doesn't go the way they want to or they want to change anything, you're registered. Right. Now, if you're re- if independent votes go Republican, you're still registered and you're an enemy. Yeah. And they will start picking your asses up, including mine. I'll be right there with yeah, you. Yeah, well, you'll get to meet us personally. <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll get to meet us personally, personally, and I'll be doing my podcast right in front of you, to your face, going, "You should have listened to me." Yes, it's, <laughs> it'll be a personal appearance live from the internment camp. Uh, I'll be here all week, maybe all month, until they do whatever they do. So, you know, they will shut the internet down. Probably, I mm-hmm. think that's one thing people should look for. There will be an interruption in communication services. Uh, if things get are getting bad, that may happen, by the way, don't laugh, but if the elections don't go the way of the left, one of the things they may do is have a communications breakdown. They may, they may say it was the right that did it, you know, but they will pull the plug and you won't be able to talk. We won't, for yeah. example, this podcast won't get on. No, it would be, uh, yeah, you'd, you'd look for it. You might find old shows. You probably wouldn't be able to get on the internet. Now, radio. Well, we got the radio. You got to understand now. When I got into broadcasting, you probably remember this. There used to be an envelope on the back wall, yes. changed every month, sure. And you did the EBS test, the FCC there, envelope, yeah, yeah. And there was there was a piece of paper in there, and you'd open it up, yeah. And you had the authenticator codes, and you, you're running that beep. This is a test of the emergency broadcast system. You mean that one? <laughs> yeah, that yeah. one. This is only a test. Yes. And you you do, and if you got an alert, you would go through the authenticator codes. And if it didn't authenticate, at least they knew that you were ready to sit there. You know, a a 17-year-old kid that really just wanted to play the rock and roll hits and see how many girls he could pick up on the phone. (laughs) Uh, But he's trusted with, uh, hey, you know what? If there's an emergency and the the ICBMs are incoming, I'm going to get on that microphone and go, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, you need to go to a bomb shelter right now. I would put on Inagata Davida. Yeah, and I would go. Hey, listen, when, when, I, when, when I worked when I worked in uh, New York at uh, CBS FM, it was yeah. in a it was in a skyscraper. They called it the Black Rock. We were on the seventeenth floor. I can remember it happened a couple of times. There was a bomb scare in the building, and mm-hmm. I can remember the alarm went off. Uh, and the building emptied out. You could look out the window and see all the people from the building had gone out into the street and all across the sidewalk. And I kept thinking, why in the name of heaven am I still here in the building? But they yeah. expected us. They expected us to stay at our post while yeah. everybody else was leaving the building. And that's what they they did with those those authenticators and those EBS tests. We were supposed to stay there. Yeah, you. Uh... You were like a civil servant, yes. you know, but you, but uh, without any of the benefits or anything like that. Yes. But they, they did away with it, and no, they still have an EBS system. But how this thing works, if you ever notice now, it, it'll go off in commercials, middle of songs and everything. That's because when they throw the test, it takes over every radio station, and boom, there it goes. It's not planned. Right. Hey, when this record fades out, you do it. Uh, now it just happens, and they can also sit there. From a, a, a bunker under the White House, they could set them off. Every radio station gets overridden by the EBS system, and Joe can sit down down on the bunker going, my fellow Americans. We're running out of time because this is a shorter version of our show, 
But uh, things to look out for, if, if we can do this in like 60 seconds, things to look out for as we approach the midterms, what might happen? Lack of communications. Mm-hmm. Electricity shutdown, do you think that might happen? Yeah, I, I think you would lose communications uh, on, on all fronts. Um, people are gonna still have the ability to get around, but if they declare an emergency, there's a thing called martial law, which yep. means... You have to stay in. There's a curfew. Yes. Kind of like if you're in a hurricane area, martial law, they don't want you out looting and doing bad things. Right. Uh, well, they want control is what they want. Right. They want to know. They want to know where the body count is. And if it's a uh, serious uh, situation, they may have a uh, shoot on sight. If you mm-hmm. are breaking the curfew, if you're, especially if you're looting, if you're looting during a, a uh, martial law situation. No questions. Man. Uh, listen, we're not saying all this stuff is going to happen per se, None but of it may happen. I'm just saying yeah. the chances are there that it could and right. will it don't know. So the elections are right around the corner. We have people talking about things that seem kind of crazy right now, like, uh, shutting down our country, uh, civil war. These are terms that are being thrown out there now and they seem like Ah, that can't happen. But but every time they throw something out there, it's uh, a precursor to it actually happening because they want to condition your mind to get ready for it. And they want to blame the right. So you can say, damn conservatives. We played the tape in our regular show of, uh, of Joe saying to us, hey, look, it's going to take a while maybe for these votes to be counted, maybe a few days, because there have been a lot of absentee and mail-in votes. Uh, uh, it's been a historic amount of votes, and uh, it's going to take a while. Then he said also, some uh, people who are running for office in these states are not going to accept uh, the the vote if it doesn't go their way. He's trying to prepare. He's softening the soil. He's conditioning you to think that there's a reason for them to delay the election, and the only good reason is for them to manipulate the vote count, I think. Yeah, and one of the things that they may do, they're stalling when they say, well, we got to count the vote, because that means that they know there's a damn good chance that they're going to lose that vote in reality. But in factuality, they're going to change things. And if they have to manufacture an event, it could be... You know, we heard a while back, well, somebody with a dirty bomb, this and that. Well, who's to say the dirty bomb doesn't happen here uh, on a limited yield thing? Well, that's it. Uh, We are in a civil war. We got to shut down the nation. We're going to freeze this election. Now, that is, you know, you could say it's pure BS. It's not BS. It is within the realm of possibility. But if you want to sit there and freeze an election and change the election, everything that is happening right now has to happen. And everything that has been happening, you know, as far as, you know, the economy going to hell Mm -hmm. and them saying, going, you know, it's like, you know, waiting for the next shoe to fall where, well, you know, nothing will kick in until January. They just want to get past these elections one way or the other so that when it all falls out, the real agenda will be rebuilt, but they've got to have control of the country. And then the real agenda 
whether it is, you know, the, the Carl Schwab's with, we have to reduce the population or whatever it is will take place. Go back to world war one. You know, you, you look at the, this, what's going on with the fuel right, right. now on the diesel and you look at the Germans and they had a pretty mighty fleet. They built it up, but nothing could compare to the British fleet. Now they built up these juggernauts and these super cruisers, which were vulnerable. But the point is, is Britain went for all of that. And then what did, what did they do? Well, we're going to go with the old tried and true. Uh, we, we will sit there and do um, a blockade. And we will cut Germany off that we're afraid of right. from getting all the vital necessities that they need, the food and everything. And Germany had a big fleet, not as big as theirs. So they put it into the ports and they sat there and they suffered from the behest of the UK until finally they said, you know, we have supper submarines. Yeah. We're going to take these out and uh, screw it. We're going to go out there. And then they, they sunk a bunch of their, it was ships. the beginning of their U-boats, the you beginning know? of the U-boats. Yeah. And, but you know, the food blockade thing, and I only bring in the European theater because it was the European theater where they're vulnerable and they're vulnerable right now. And it is almost the same scenario all over again. And how important, how important is fuel? Well, many historians will tell you that Germany might have won the war had they not mm -hmm. run out of fuel. Yeah. We, we cut off their fuel supplies from Africa and places like that. We, we squeezed them dry of fuel. And literally, there are, if you ever saw the movie The Battle of the Bulge, this is back in, I guess, 68, 69. It was a mm -hmm. good movie. It starred uh, Robert Shaw as a German officer, blonde-haired German officer. And at the end of the movie, they were going after a fuel dump. They knew that yeah. they, they were trying to to get a fuel dump, an American fuel dump, because they figured if they could get control of that fuel dump, they could resupply their forces and win the battle. The fact is, they couldn't. Now, that was a bit of Hollywood, but it was a true story in, the, in that they ran out of fuel. The Germans did. Yeah, and, and you, you, you see, know, the tank's rolling, you're out of gas. What are you going to do? And the last scene in the movie, you see an aerial shot of their soldiers walking back into Germany because they can't drive their trucks. They're out of fuel. They're, they're Jeeps, they're Volkswagens, they're, they're tanks, all out of gas. Mm -hmm. And that's what's happening in our country right now. We can have so the greatest army, greatest army in the world without fuel is, is screwed. Yeah, and that's what we're facing. But, you know, then you break it down on a personal level. It affects you, too, because this gas is not only what we're talking about for our military, which, you know, we've said, yeah, well, you got to have that to fight, but you got to have it to survive. You're not going to be able to get your diapers, uh, baby powder. You're not going to be able to get water, sodas, meat, food, cereal, milk, vegetables, whatever it is that you need, you are not going to get it. You won't even be able to go to the doctor. And let's talk about the, the first office. the first victims, the first casualties will be the infirmed, the elderly, the people in hospitals. These people, God bless us, but many of them will just die because they won't be able to get the sustenance to survive. You know, when they're older 
and they and they are mm-hmm. at the, they they are needy and they need more. They need the food to live. I mean, we all need food to live, but a young, healthy person can hang in there longer than an old uh, person who's like seventy-five or eighty, who's in the hospital, who's suffering from an illness. Uh, so, I would say the very young and the very old—they are the most susceptible. The people that are going to have the best shelf life are the politicians, because oh, that's true. God, there is a tear. They're going, okay, we only have so much fuel, we only have so much food. Well, Nancy gets to eat, Schumer gets to eat. Right. Schiff needs gets to eat. Trump, screw him. He was illegitimate. He doesn't get to eat. Uh, we have to, you know, Miley gets to eat and his his chosen soldiers get to eat. Oh, you mean Millie? Oh, Millie. Millie. Yes. Well, uh, Miley, Miley, yeah, Millie. He's, he's, uh, he's a Miley to yeah. me. But either way, but now it gets down to the population. Yeah. Well, guess what? You're not on the hierarchy list. Oh, no, no, You're no. You're not yeah. there. Yeah, get at the end of the line. Really, you are. Yeah, you, you want something to eat? We'll see how the day goes. We'll see what's left. If yeah. there's anything left, we'll be happy to give you our crumbs. Have you ever Don't seen? Uh, and I think it was uh, what's his name, Jones. Uh, what's his first name? The, the guy who was just went through the uh, court case and lost the Alex. Uh, Alex, I'm sorry. Yeah, thank you very much. Alex Jones, uh, several years ago, did a video, and they were of empty internment camps in the South. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen these pictures? The, yeah, these, they exist. They exist. They called them FEMA camps. They were right. empty. They were stockpiled with canned goods and stuff like that and food. But they also had a large supply of cheap coffins over to one side at this camp. Mm-hmm. And these places, they said, would be held for political, or not political persons, for prisoners of the country, like if uh, you were a terrorist or something like that, if or if if an army invaded our country, they'd be put there. But they they existed and they're empty, and you got to wonder whether they're going to use them. You got to wonder whether enemies of the state, meaning MAGA, like Joe is throwing out there, are the MAGA people going to end up in these internment camps? Do you think? Well, they probably will because they've wanted to use this stuff for uh, a long time. Hell, going back to uh, the Gulf War, uh, if you remember when that came out, you know, we didn't anticipate that our military leaders actually would circle around and get them from behind and do what we did. They anticipated that we would have a lot of casualties. I mean, you know, in excess of a million, and that's what the body bags that they had, they were ready for that when we didn't need it. It was over quick. This is a different scenario. So yeah, the internment camps could be used and they've defined an enemy of the state. So even if this problem were to correct itself, no, 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 no. It doesn't fit the storyline that we as a nation have an enemy and it is a patriot. So if you are a MAGA supporter, now understand all MAGA has ever meant, it was a, it was a throwaway description of, like you said, patriot. It, mm-hmm. And when I say throwaway, I'm I'm sure they created it for the rallies for Trump's rallies to define the people who were at the Make rally. America great again. Yeah. So you're a, you know, you're a a MAGA person or right. MAGA. I don't know whatever they called us, which but you know or a deplorable. You know now now of course, Hillary likes to call. 
uh, her people the indivisible. Yes. Uh, Hillary, you're not a constitutionalist. You are not a patriot. You are not, you're not a true hardcore yeah. American, nor are the people that sit there, the sycophants that uh, clamor and kiss your feet, which I wouldn't kiss that foot. <laughs> but uh, you're not an indivisible. They, um, they they showed a cartoon. Um, I saw it on the internet, uh, I guess, a couple of days ago. Yeah, I showed trick-or-treaters, and they had just come mm -hmm. to the house, and you see trick-or-treaters walking away from the door, and you see this one lone trick-or-treater dressed up in her Hillary Clinton costume, and the kid at the in the door who was giving out the candy yells, Hey, Mom, there's this one girl here dressed up as Hillary Clinton, and she just won't go away. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was great, but it kind of defines, you think that she's going to be gone. I mean, she lost again. She's, she's not going to run again. No, trust me. Well, there's the, you know what? There is the showcase. There's the shining of example. Will you not accept the election results? And she has actually said it. If they lose again, are they going to accept it? I don't know, Hillary. Why don't you explain that one to me? Yeah. She is she the is yeah, Sacagawea. Yeah, yes, she is a Sacagawea. Uh, we are in a desperate times. Uh, they won't go away. They have a plan. And if you are a supporter of uh, former President Trump, you probably are not part of that plan. No, of their plan. Uh, no, they want. And right now, they're they're hell bent. And see, that's the other thing that's looming out there is, and, and it could be. A pawn of theirs, you know, they're going to, we're going to indict Trump. We're going to indict Trump. Well, after the midterms, you know, is he going to be a political hostage to uh, the MAGA right? Well, you know what? He's guilty the yada, 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 but we'll let him go free. But you guys have got to promise to back down. I don't know. I, I don't think that's going to work if that's their plan. But I, I do see a lot of smoke around what's happening now and a lot of distraction uh, taking and we, we're taking our everything's a we, distraction. Yeah, we're taking our eye off the ball of what's probably really happening in the world. Things that really are affecting us. We talked about uh, the possibility of uh, a nuclear attack by our enemies. I mean, you have you have Korea testing a record number of missiles, not just a few. Apparently, I I think the, one of them hit uh, something, but it didn't hit a big target it just hit something it was 23 missiles fired in, in a short period of time by right. north korea they're they're not to be trifled with these are real serious people who have the capability now of hitting even mainland uh, north america uh, united states hitting us well, here. i gotta ask you a question you know you know how big korea is you know they don't have any money but how did they get the steel the rocket engineering, uh, the enriched uranium, all the components that go in to make a nuclear bomb. But they didn't just make one. They had several failed attempts, yeah. and then all of a sudden they got it together. And now they can sit there and piss away 23 in one fell swoop. What do you go, think, Bill? You think it might nothing. Be, you might think it might be China that's helped them out? Well, it could be China. I mean, China does, you know, they, they, they're big brother to them. Have you, you know, because he's a bully. He's, have you seen a, an, an aerial picture of, of the uh, Korean peninsula at nighttime? Uh, no. if, if you look at uh, an aerial photograph of the Korean peninsula from the DMZ line down, 
it's lit up with the cities are, you know, bright and it's, it's a, a lively, alive, vital, vibrant country. Above the DMZ line into North Korea, it's darkness. It is dark. They don't mm-hmm. have, so you got to wonder going to your point, where did these people get the money and the wherewithal to get the parts and the, the, the t- things that are necessary to make their nuclear weapons and missiles. Yeah. They, they and have have he's help. the bully. He's the schoolyard bully that is sitting there. Maybe he is the catalyst of Armageddon and China's letting it happen because, well, you know, Kim's the wild card, yeah. you know, he fires off the missile because it only takes one. And then they all fly. Now, if it comes from Kim Jong-un, what are, are we going to fly a nuke there or a limited nuke there and take him out? Well, then we might hurt our friends to the south, South Korea. You know, where there's a lot of things to weigh in. There's Taiwan not too far away, which China wants to have in just a few years and take control because they want to control all the computer chips. They want to control the shipping. Yeah, They want to control everything. There's so many pieces to this puzzle that can go on, but Kim holds an important yeah. card. And what? we've got we've got ballistic missiles, nuclear missiles now that we have shipped there because of the Russian Ukraine thing. We've got now we know just because they popped up to say we're here. Yeah. Uh two yeah. of our Ohio class submarines. And those you know, with their intercontinental uh, continent, and they have uh, a lot. Don't think they only have one or two. They may have like a hundred missiles. On oh those. yeah, they could. Yeah, you can take out not just one country. You can take out a lot of targets all over the world, and with two of them there, you know, you can win a war with that. So, how many more do we have deployed? But just because you can win a war there, doesn't mean that somebody doesn't have the same thing here. If we've got two at least two of those deadly ships there. What does Russia have here? Because they got their new class sub. They have a whole bunch off the east coast of the United States. As we speak right now, they're patrolling right off our coast. They're there. Yeah, we and know they it. Have, and they're allowed up to 12 miles. Yep. That's that's where the inter- international waters start. They don't well, need 12 miles. I mean, they could be 30 miles, 100 miles. They dangerous. can shoot from across the ocean a torpedo that's nuclear tip that they have. Yeah. So they could sit there and go, DC, well, we can put this on the shore and we can take out the the heartbeat, the the heart of uh, the country yeah. and take out DC. We can go to New York, take out that financial center. And that is our real vulnerability besides yeah. diesel. Diesel is a real vulnerability and that shuts everything down. But Look at 911. When we lost the World Trade Center, we that dropped us to our knees. I mean, that was like a kick in the groin to the United States. That was Imagine. just and I'm not minimizing it, but that was just two major buildings. Two buildings. They take out an entire city. You know, you you look at Chicago, you look at uh New York, you look at Frisco, you look at LA. You look at Pittsburgh, which is a, you know, it used to be a top five city. Well, now it's in the top, well, I think it's like 26, but they don't understand what goes on in Pittsburgh and what an important financial hub that city is. It has become a major technical city. 
I mean, you have Google, you have Microsoft. All these big Mm -hmm. companies have moved to Pittsburgh. They've taken up old warehouse spaces, converted them, and now they're designing and developing uh, robotics and things like that. It is a high-tech business that's being run in Pittsburgh, but it still has its steel companies. The difference is the steel companies have streamlined too. They're most mm-hmm. of them are fully automated. So they're smaller plants with fo- smaller footprints, but they're making more product, you know? So, yeah, I mean, they, the city reinvented itself, but it reinvented itself in a very financial uh, important way after the steel industry went. They did do it. Uh, it's if you've never been to Pittsburgh, you cannot describe what it's like coming through the tunnel. Yes, you know from Green Tree, and all of a sudden you come out of that tunnel, and there you are. What what bridge is it's that? It's the, the Fort uh, Pitt, Fort Pitt yeah. Bridge. Yep. And there you've got uh, the PPG building, that big glass building, the Point, and you have all the different buildings there. It just hits you in the fi- Point face. State Point State Park. You have the fountain. It it's a beautiful city. It has, like you said, it has reimagined itself. It, yeah. it, if you saw a picture of Pittsburgh in 1900, where there is, there is this beautiful state park as you come into the city right now, there used right. to be there used to be uh, meatpacking plants and uh, railroad station uh, platforms and smoke. It was a miserable city 125 years ago. Today, it is a picturesque surprise. You know, before we we wrap this show up, I wanted to point something out about Biden and his talk from Union Station. Oh, boy. You know, he was talking about the right and the MAGA people and all the the threats that they were posing on our democracy. But, you know, he never once mentioned the violence and the damage done by the left, the, the actual physical violence, the burning of the cities like Minneapolis and Seattle and Portland. You know, you never hear Joe talking about uh, the fact that a leftist tried to assassinate one of our Supreme Court justices just a couple of months ago. Kavanaugh. Nothing yeah, came what, out of his mouth. What happened down in Florida here just a week or two ago with the attack from lefties on somebody that was canvassing, you know, with uh, posters and stuff. How about Lee Zeldin a couple of months ago when he was campaigning Mm -hmm. in upstate New York and a guy jumped up on the stage, a leftist with a knife, and tried to slit his throat? If Zeldin hadn't been quick, he'd be dead now. In the 2020 election, did you see any MAGA person, Republican, taking down Biden or Kamala signs? Absolutely not. But you did see... You know, I saw yes. a grown woman, a police officer, and, uh, and run and rip a MAGA hat off of a little oh, girl. And when oh, I yeah. say a little girl, it was like a 10 year old girl. Sure. Ripped it off. Yeah, sure. kid, you don't yeah. need that. But I saw a police officer in Brooklyn running around grabbing signs, and, and a security camera got her doing it. She, it was a woman, and she noticed at the very end, and she wasn't surprised by it. She wasn't. Put, she didn't go put the signs back. She continued on her way because she felt entitled to take down the signs, the Zeldin yeah. signs. You know, and just yesterday, no one's talking about this at all in the news today, but Don Bolduck up in New Hampshire was campaigning, and he was about to take stage to, for a debate against uh, Hassan, and 
he was assaulted by a leftist. Someone mm-hmm. someone started to go after him, and he had to be pulled away. But nobody talks about the violence from the left. They're making, they're fabricating a violence that doesn't exist on the right, and they're actually doing violence on the left. Well, you know, one way to identify the left, and you hear it all the time, when you hear Trump talking about, he talks about our America. He talks about our democracy. But when you when you hear a lefty talking, what are they doing to my democracy? It's mine. Yeah. I get to say what it is. Well, it's not a democracy if it's yours. It's a democracy if it's ours. And I'm not going to accept your interpretation of what the election was, I want to find out what really happened. Look at the reply from the Roe versus Wade decision recently from the left. Hmm. The, 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 it was decided legally by the courts that Roe versus Wade was a faulty law and it should be repealed. It should be pulled down, right. which it was. And what happened is they determined that the responsibility that they had with Roe versus Wade should be sent back to the individual states, which they did do. They did not repeal and uh, make criminal abortion. They didn't do no, that. They didn't. All they did was say, states, you make up your own mind how you deal with abortion in your own territories. Well, you know, the left will have you believe that that was an important issue. And if they make it the issue, you know it's a lie because they're going, well, women and their their rights, uh, their fundamental rights. You don't have the fundamental right to take a baby at nine months. But the latest survey shows that women that were left now have the, the majority of them, white women, suburbanite women, have switched to the right, you know, because they are fed up with what's going on on the left, which means yeah. the abortion issue is not the issue that the left is trying to make it. But yet, and I can't stand this time of year because it's the time when they, every commercial you see on television is a campaign commercial. And in the state like Pennsylvania, it seems that all the left can do, all they have left in their bag of tricks is to lie. And you hear, if Dr. Oz, if you were to believe the commercials that they're running right now, if they were true, the man would be in jail. They make him out to be uh, wicked, and they make him out to be vile, okay? They say things like he's taking away the women's right to choose. None of that is true, okay? Right now, the decision has been moved to the states. The states can make up their own mind. And mm-hmm. by the way, if you're not happy with the, with what your state has done— Move. There'll be another state right down the road that'll probably have something that'll be more in in tune with your beliefs. It, it's not being taken away from you. It's how it's being implemented is changing. Uh, well, one of the things the left do, now they're moving out of California, they're moving to Texas, they're trying to take over Texas, Nevada, Arizona, red states. They're trying to get Florida because they go, well, we'll put some people there. Georgia was a prime example when during the 2020 election, you had all these Democrats going, yes, I got an apartment down in Georgia so I can vote down there. What? 
Yeah. Excuse me. Why? We do have to, we do have to revise our election laws yes. and do a serious revision of how things happen because they've got this still down to a science. They say, some of the signs in Texas say, welcome to Texas. If you're coming here to escape California, leave your liberalism behind you. I would just say, get the hell out and go back to California. I mean, they don't want, don't ruin a nice area. And there are parts, by the way, of Texas that have been ruined. I understand Mm -hmm. that Austin is pretty much a left-leaning city. Uh, and I'm, it always has been. Yeah. I lived in Austin. Yeah, it's it's a lefty town. I mean, there's some great things there, but you got to realize Richards and everyone there before. Yeah. yeah hey, all- listen, friends, we have uh, we've done it again, Bill. This has been mm-hmm. a, an interesting hour. It's a special program. This is not one of our regularly scheduled programs. This is kind of uh, two guys just talking uh, around the uh, the stove in the general store about what's happening in our world. Kind of, kind of like a Cracker Barrel edition. We're yep. talking around the Cracker Barrel or the water cooler. But either way, it's not going to have a number on the episode. It's just going to be special edition. Yep. Have yourself and, a uh, great day, my friend. We'll do it again tomorrow for real. Yeah. And, and uh, by the way, you can hear this on crnamerica.com. crnamerica.com. Also, it's available on uh, itsanotherday.com, too. Yeah, and so is CRN. There's a link on itsanotherday.com to CRN America where you hit the listen live and you can go right to the live stream. So you got it there. Your comments are always welcome. We'll just give the uh, the, the address and phone number. Mail at itsanotherday.com since this is the podcast. And the phone number is 833-538-7868. I was thinking as you were talking about the, uh, the, uh, the uh, different places we're at, my God, we're so high tech. <laughs> we're everywhere. We're everywhere. Where's Chicken Man? Oh, I know. No, he's in the White House. <laughs> hey, have a great day, my friend. We'll do it again tomorrow. Bye, pal. See ya. Hasta.